Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Amateur Radio Roundtable. I am Katie, WY7YL, here along with Dwayne, WY7FD, <laughs> and uh, Tom, W5KB, and Glenn, KG5GP. Tonight is November 2nd, 2021. I can't believe we're almost to the end of the year. Like to welcome all of you who are here watching live on W5KUB.com or on YouTube. If you are on YouTube and you haven't already subscribed to our channel, please do hit that subscribe button down below. Right there. You see it? There it, there it is. Hit that subscribe button. And the like button. <laughs> and the like button. So that thumbs up, hit that one too. That'll help us get the word out so everybody else can join our little family here on the Amateur Radio Roundtable. We've got, um, if you are out there in the shortwave world and listening on WBCQ, which is 7490, we'd love to hear where you're listening to us from. Or where are you? That's terrible English. It's a terrible grammar. Yes, that, was, proposition. that was really bad. Yeah, sorry. So please send us an email. Let us know where in the world you're listening to our show. How's that? Was that better? Okay, yeah. You can send an email to Tom at W5KUB.com and give us a signal report. So tonight, again, is we're at the very beginning of November, getting ready for all kinds of things this winter. It's contest season again. There's balloon projects happening. There's always um, all kinds of fun activities. we got a lot of club stuff happening around here and antenna projects, towers going up. So we've got all kinds of stuff to talk about tonight. So... With that, let me turn it over to our boss, Tom W5KUB, and oh, and we're uh, okay. We're all set now. So yeah, right. take it away, Tom. All right, hey, thank you, Katie, <laughs> uh, for uh, opening the show tonight and and uh, everything. It, it, you need to do it every every week. You need to do that. That way, I don't have to worry about it. You know. I mean, I know, I, but I always realize I look down on my cheat and I'm like, oh, I forgot that. Oh. Oh, I forgot that, or oh well. No, you didn't. You didn't do. You didn't forget anything. <laughs> That's all right. You didn't forget anything. So anyway, hey, welcome everybody out there. We're glad to have you tonight, man. And uh, got a few uh, neat things to talk about tonight, and uh, we're gonna we're gonna have a good time. We'll uh, be opening the Zoom uh, for our our viewers out there to join us uh, a little later uh, in the show. Let's let's jump around the room here and let's see. We got let's see. Alan's Alan is out driving. You know they're making him work now since uh, uh, he can get out. Uh, the pandemic must be getting a little better because uh, he's on the road now. Uh, Bill will be with us a little later tonight. I think probably around nine o'clock he might check in. Uh, let's jump up there to uh, let's let's see what Glenn's got going. Hey Glenn. Hey, how's it going? Um, first off, I want to say something. Uh, David, in the chat room, please, no brave scores. I'm DVRing it, and I'm not watching it, and I'm, it's either here or there. And I'd rather be there, but I need to be here. So, please, no more brave scores for a little while anyway. You know, you can just <laughs> keep up with MLB.com on your phone, and we'll just, because we're yeah. still I'll, I'll going to be here checking. And watch, and you can just kick me when you need me to say something. Is that? Is oh, that, there we go. Or just if only you right. really kick him. That would be so much fun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or are you, you watching on your telephone? So when you have a kick button. Yeah, that'd yeah, be awesome. Remote boot kick, yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right, man. Let's see. But, yeah, it's actually going to get cold here this weekend. It is. It's gonna get. It's going to get down really cold. Uh, in fact, uh, we're already starting to see terrible winter set in. It's 49 degrees here tonight. 
think that was our high today. Yeah. No, we didn't even get that high today. Uh, it's forty nine. It's forty nine tonight already. It's probably dropping. I think we have to like forty one, maybe. Man, it may drop oh, a couple dear. more degrees. But so that's gonna be tough. Okay. Well, hey, um, you know, uh, I was just looking through some old uh, pictures uh, earlier today, and you know, I'm a home brewer. I like to like to build homebrew stuff, and I like to use used junk and old parts and just whatever I can find, you know. And um, I've got a little project I built a few years ago, and I thought I'd, I'd show it to you guys. Maybe some of you guys may want to try to, to um, you know, duplicate it, build you ones. So they're real easy to do. Works very well. You know, coax nowadays costs a lot of money, and especially if you get high-quality uh, coax that uh, particularly can handle a higher power. Uh, you know, you're talking, I don't know. Dwayne, you probably know more than me. What's maybe a dollar a foot at least? That would be cheap. That's cheap. A dollar a foot would be cheap. Yeah. Good coax. Um, it's upwards of dollar fifty-two to two dollars yeah. a foot. Now so, I got a friend that has some that uh, I, I keep wanting to get my hands on. He does some three and a half inch heliacs. Yeah. Oh, and, uh, well, that's gonna be fun. Oh, yeah. That that that'll the be fun to play with. The connectors right. on the ends are over th over a grand each. Just yeah. connectors. Well, I won't be using any of that. Uh, you know. <laughs> so so yeah, okay, dollar and a half, two dollars a foot, you know, uh for some good cable and you know, like for instance, uh for my shack here out to my antenna farm under I go underground and it's hundred and thirty feet out there. Uh and so it can get expensive to run a lot of coax out there. Plus, uh, you know, I've got, I think I've got a two-inch conduit that's buried from the shack out there. You can't get a whole bunch of big coax cables uh, in a two-inch pipe. So anyway, um, if you want to save some money, you can put you in a remote antenna switch out there. And a lot of people have, you know, a lot of different companies sell these. You can get them on eBay in different places. But uh, MFJ has one. Uh, there, It's an eight-position uh remote antenna switch you see the top half there mounts out at the antenna and then a the little control box there mounts in in any radio shack there and you just select which antenna you want you run one coax out and you uh, select uh, up to eight different antennas there so that's pretty good now the thing is that one right there uh that mfj8 port that's that's an rcs10 that sells for about 250 dollars it's still cheaper than running probably four uh, runs of coax out there. So that's about 250 bucks. Um, now, I, I, looked at, I looked at DX Engineering today, and they've got several out there, several different models out there. There's an eight port there, uh, again, similar to the uh, MFJ one. And they've got three or four models of this specific one here. And they go anywhere from 400 to 650 bucks for a remote antenna switch. And uh, that just seems a little high to me, but uh, I'm sure they've got a lot of uh, intelligence and stuff built in it. And the one I'm going to show you tonight I put together is, is pretty dumb, but it does the very same thing. And it was fun building. So um, let me show you uh, what I have here. <clears throat> uh, first of all, I don't throw anything away. If you look at, you know, probably everybody's junk box from the internet days has some kind of AB switch, you know, just an AB switch or a, 
this is for uh, I guess RS two thirty two probably. But uh, they also make that's, it. Uh, uh, those are for the old Centronics. Oh, the the printers or something. Is yeah, that, that's that those thirty pin Centronics okay. connectors. So looks- so these boxes are real popular. Uh, by, most people just throw them away. Uh, as you can see, I've got a I've got a second one here that I've already done something with. So anyway, I take a box like this, and we're going to make our controller out of it. You know, as as you saw here, the the MFJ and the DX Engineering had that little controller right there. Uh, we've got we made our own little controller. I don't know how the green screen is going to work here, but let's see if I can do this. Bam! That may no. Anyway, so I've, I've got me a switch right here. So I got a little power switch here, and I just put me a rotary switch in here, and I can select one through seven antennas. This is not an eight. This is a seven. And uh, I power it with 12 volts, a little wall wart that, uh, you know, I've got a box of probably three or 400 of them. 12 volts, 10 volts, 20 volts, whatever you got. That's the uh, fun in, in building this. And um, if you notice right here, I have an RJ45 jack. Let's see if I can hold it up here. An RJ45 jack. Now, that is how I bring the cable out of it. I've got... I've got tons and reels and tons of uh, Cat5 cable. Now, you know, if you build one of these, you could put you a terminal strip on there and go to the trouble to put eight wires under eight screws. But I like being able to just, uh, I like being able just to take a 100-foot Ethernet cable, you know, and just plugging it into, uh, plugging it in here. So when I when I pull my coax out there, I ran me a couple Ethernet cables out through my underground cable. So this is my control box I built. I got some pictures I'll show you in a minute. Now, to get to the the real main part of the project, look here it is. Now, if you look at this, this is a military box. You can see the you can see the clips on the end here. They're little spring clips, and uh, it's got actually it's got a weather seal inside it, and this was some type this surplus box that I had you know uh, in the junk box area. So I took it and I built me a eight position, eight position um, antenna switch in here with the, or seven position with relays. So I got some pictures, and I'll go through and just briefly discuss it, let you know what uh, what I did there. So let's see. Let's go to the first uh, picture here. First of all, hey, relays. I bought relays on uh, on eBay. I think I bought a dozen of them for a buck a piece or something like that. And uh, I took the cover off, and I modified them. Took the cover off, and you can see I put a... Uh, uh, a, a short across the the end back there, so I could use both uh, uh, both arms that swing to give me a little bit better contacts. And these are really high power uh, contacts on the relays right here. So I, I got me a dozen relays, probably for about twelve bucks, and uh, put the cover back on it. Uh, and then let's see, there we go. There's the the panel. I don't have these in any order here, so we're going to kind of jump around here, but. 
uh, I, I had to drill holes in its panel. And that was the hardest part, drilling holes. And you can see they're not, you know, spaced exactly the same all the way around. But that's the thing about home when I homebrew something, uh, I just want it to work and uh, try to keep it simple. So, you know, uh, I ordered uh, some, um, let's see, I ordered me some uh, uh, SO239s. And uh, I'm not sure if I got a picture. You had yeah. to order SO239? Well, I've got some, but you know what? Oh, these, that's about five demerits right there, Tom. Well, hey, hey, you know, these probably cost me less than a buck a piece. So, you know, now we're up to maybe, we're up to about 15 bucks on this thing. Uh, For so, a man that throws nothing away, you have yeah, none of those? Well, <laughs> you know, you know, I'm, I'm trying to save time. I probably, I probably could have taken out connectors off old projects into junk box but i thought you know hey i'm retired now i don't, I don't you know i don't have much time left so let me just get let me just get some new ones here let me let me get some new ones so i can just put them on in there so you know order that oh i think hey at 35 cents i ordered a little the little 12 volt why don't you uh, just hire the kid down the street to solder it up plug. for you uh, yeah to, to do what solder man for me yeah yeah. So, so there you go. There's the AB switch box right there, and we just uh, strip it out. And you can see the back there. It already had this was an RJ45 switch, AB switch. So it already had an RJ jack in it right there. So I left that jack in there. And let's see. Let me just. Oh, hey, knobs. You got to have your, your junk knob box. So look, it had. Didn't even buy a knob. All those knobs, but no 239s. <laughs> I, I didn't buy, I had a few 239s, but, you know, uh, I didn't have to buy a knob. What is this picture here? Oh, that's a little template I laid out of the front here uh, for the control box. And after I stripped the control box out, uh, I left one of the RJ45 uh, jacks on the back, and you can see the eight wires right there. Now, the nice thing about the eight wires are it makes it, Real simple to control seven relays. We got one common, and you got one wire for seven relays. So that's why I put seven um, seven connectors on here. I can switch seven antennas. Um, this is kind of you know uh, what we're looking at here. You got your your uh, control lines coming in, and and your selector switch will power one of seven relays. And then you've got a single coax coming in, and that will switch through one of seven relays. Uh, so that's kind of the the schematic of what we're trying to do here. Let's see what we got. Again, the template, I tried my best to lay things out straight. Normally when I, hey, over the years as I would homebrew things and I'd drill a hole, sometimes they wouldn't be quite centered. And... Uh, uh, the finished product uh, looked a little weird. Stuff wasn't really lined up. So uh, I tried my best there to, to get them on a, some grid lines and get everything, you know, straight. Um, so there's, uh, there's some parts. You know, we, we got off of uh, eBay. Let's see. There they are again. You can see uh, I've got holes drilled for the LEDs. Now, I didn't buy the LEDs. I think I already had plenty of LEDs. Uh, let's see. Uh, again, there's the Ethernet jack uh, on the back of the box right there, and I put the little 12-volt uh, power uh, jack on there. Uh, again, here's the front. Uh, the LEDs, just drill a hole just big enough for the LEDs, slide it through, and 
put a little uh, adhesive or something on the back just to hold it in there, and uh, uh, they work great, man. I can when you turn that rotary switch from one to seven, you got one to seven lights coming on, and that's going to send power down one of seven different wires and select one of seven different relays out there. You know, I told you I, I, I couldn't drill holes real just perfectly straight. Uh, again, this box already had a couple holes in it. So I, um, I tried to make use of some of the holes that were already in it. Now, this box is weatherproof, with the exception now of the holes I put in it. And I, I guess you could probably seal that with something like silicone or something if you wanted to. But uh, just like when I have remote pieces of gear like this outside, I have them uh, under... Uh, some type plastic container or, or inside of something to keep them to keep them dry um, Oh, let's see. What is this? What is this? Oh, that's the box right there. That's the box with the let me see if I can rotate that and Pull that down rotate it just a little bit for you guys. Let's see what that looks like There we go. There's the box you can see uh, kind of the bare box with the uh, co uh, the uh, SO 239 Holes already drilled in it, getting ready to put them together there. There it is again. Knowing what that box probably used to carry, you probably could have drilled the holes with what it carried. With what it carried? I don't understand. Looks like a 50 cal. Oh, no, it, no, this had some type of like, it switches on the front. It was some type of communications box. Uh, well, let's see what else we got here. So, uh, so now my pictures are all out of sync here, but we're going to just flip through them and I'll talk about them a little bit. Um, so um, might look a little messy, but uh, you basically you can see uh, each of the SO239s connects to a relay, and uh, each one of those relays connects back to the common uh, SO239 in the center there. Um, that doesn't look too good. That looks a little better right there. You can see the Ethernet jack that I put on there, the R, or the RS, uh, the, what is it, the RS45 connector. RJ. RJ45 connector I put on there. And basically, I just stole that out of something. I didn't buy it, guys. I, I took it out of an, uh, just a piece of junk. Cut me a, I drilled me a square hole there, uh, Glenn. I drilled me a square hole, and I put that plastic RJ45 uh, jack in there and I glued it on the back side, you know with something like JB weld or something like that 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 actually held it in place there um, That's not a very good picture there Hey Tom Chris yeah. wants to know what you filled your open holes with what I drilled to what? What did, what you, did you fill, the fill open your open holes with what did I fill the open holes with? Uh, yeah, well, let me look here. Let's see Well, you know I'm actually looking at uh, the device here, I don't have any open hole. Well, let's see. I probably do. Must have spotted Yeah, you some. know, I do have a couple open holes, like you can see right here and here. You, uh, you can oh, probably okay. see something there. I think what I did, I put some tape on the back or something, and I think I filled those in with something like JB Weld, which basically turns basically into steel, and it, it'll actually right. uh, harden that. And then you can actually grind that if you wanted to. So you can see I don't really have any other holes there. I've got my RJ45 jack uh, here. And then everything else is pretty much sealed. The box is pretty pretty sealed. It seals pretty tight. Yeah. And you can see around the edge, it's got a rubber, let's see, around the edge it has a rubber oh, gasket. 
around it so when this thing goes in when this thing goes in it fits very tight it's really I've seen some of those at you know ham fest or swap yeah. meets i bet you can pick one up somewhere along the way like that or if you have an army navy store yeah are those still around so it, it will it does fit very tight or, there we go the and then of course these spring harbor clips the harbor freight the spring clips are okay there we go so the spring clips are typical uh, latches that you know you'd see and um, they'll just hook around it and then pull it down and they're tight too and uh, that really seals that you know it's a good solid box and uh, so you know that was probably built for about 20 bucks uh, based on you know just junk that uh, I had around and I like building stuff out of scrap parts and things like that it may not look like one of the store-bought ones but it still does it and you know that uh, this box right here actually will switch up to seven coaxes outside and I built another box here just playing with it I was playing with some vertical some quarter wave verticals I had a quarter wave for like 40 20 15 10 12 just a single wire you know with and I had of uh I've got a um, uh, very radio system in the ground so I built up this little box and it replaces it will replace uh, this box this box switches coax and this one plug the uh, Ethernet into into the jack here and I can switch up to again seven I can switch up to seven different outputs here like vertical antennas and that was something I was kind of playing with um, uh, a while back uh, those antennas are down now but uh, anyway I just thought that uh, you might like to do that that's some this is something that is so easy to build it doesn't require alignment uh, you almost can't make a mistake uh, with it and um, uh, it, it, it works great you know, you might say, well, what's the SWR when you put it on there? It's minimal. It's, it's, it's almost nothing. And particularly down, in, down at the HF frequencies, you're not going to see it. I have not measured insertion loss. Maybe I'll get with Alan on a show one night. We'll try to measure some insertion loss. But it is going to be so small at HF, uh, you, won't even, you won't even know it's there. So anyway, that's kind of one of the projects that uh, I wanted to bring to you tonight. Uh, I'd like to bring more projects to you. So if any of you guys have um, ideas about projects or something you built, we'd love to have you on here. So, Well, I've got a little bit of a, a question about that whole thing. All right. All right. What do hams do? We communicate wirelessly. And yet you're running Ethernet cable under the ground out back to switch relays. I am. If you can find it, you can build one that's wireless. Yeah. Well, you know, I thought a lot about that, Glenn. I thought about that, and I considered that. But then, or then I. I but, you can even go on eBay yeah. and get the board pre-made. 
I, I, I started to do that, but then I got on the internet and I saw that we ha- we're having an EMP attack is imminent in the next couple years. And an EMP attack would wipe out the wireless system you're talking about. So we've gone old, old school here. We've gone with wire. Well, you could, you could use vacuum tubes for the switches. Yeah. I, I, so. uh, <laughs> well, I don't know about that. You know, hey, Glenn, he, he, he talking about wireless. He's talking can... about. Hey, let's talk wireless a minute. You know, and and Glenn lives in. He lives in Mississippi, and some people think Mississippi's a little slower than, or you know, not quite as good as maybe a different state. You know, you know, sometimes see, they talk brags. about it. But you know what, Glenn, it's proven. You guys, internet-wise and communication-wise, like, for instance, for, for wireless, you guys were well ahead of the curve. Because but, yeah, but, all right, what kind of speed is your internet well, 20 miles away from me? My internet is 650 megs down. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. The difference, when you cross that state line, you hit the information dirt road. So, yes, we had wireless long before you. But we're still running, you know, one megabit if we're lucky. Yeah, but, on a but good you, you guys, I understand. I talked to a guy the other day, and then we were in this argument about how, you know, we had it before you had it and everything like that. You know, we had internet before. And I forget how the conversation went. Uh, I'm, I'm, I think we've discussed this. You know, we talked about, you know, we've got a lot of wire up and even got wire buried, and that proves that we were on, on, on the internet and, and communications. And then, you know, just to, for a test, they 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 started digging down in Mississippi. They dug down in the ground, and they never did find any wire. Like you know, they couldn't they they didn't get in any wire, and it proves it that you had guys had wireless before. Yeah, we had wireless long before you. The problem is we haven't gotten the speed up. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but Tom, they were using a shovel. If you give an inexperienced backhoe operator the chance to go loose, he'll yep. find every he'll cable find, in the backyard. He'll back find door, something, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he'll find something for sure, man. Now, hey, I, I, wish, I, was, I, I was thinking while you were doing that, Tom. I was thinking yep. that uh, if you had a pair of Arduinos with those seven bits that you got going out there, you could yep. switch 127 of those things on and off. <laughs> Well, I, 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 I probably could. I probably could. But uh, our our goal there was kiss. Keep it simple, stupid. <laughs> you know? And uh, that's that's the way we went with it. You know, I, I've got one of the little uh, MFJ uh, four, uh, four, four switch, four uh, conductor switches. And I rearranged the shack here one day. And, you know, usually the little power packs you get, the little 12-volt power packs, you know, you, you got hundreds of them laying in a junk box. Usually you can pick up anything and use it, you know, this kind of stuff. And I plugged it into the MFJ one, the four-channel uh, MFJ switch. It wouldn't work. And so I got the book out. I got the book out, and, and I found out why. They use an AC adapter. And the reason they do that is... For switching they switch some relays with ac they switch another the other relays with plus and minus dc and then they switch another relay with minus and plus dc they reverse it so by using the ac in there they're, they're actually able to switch another unit and they they ran it through a bias t down a coax so didn't you have to run uh 
uh, didn't even have to run a cable out there. They used the bias T and coax. Now, that brings me to another point, Glenn. You can't totally get away from wireless. I mean, you're going to try to eliminate my 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 coax cable? Can you no, can, can you figure out you a way to transfer a thousand watts from my rig out to the antenna wireless? No, I mean you're still going to have to have coax, but yeah. you know you don't need to run that Ethernet cable underground like you did. Yeah. Seems like you guys are about to, you know, put your boxing gloves on here. It's like yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's let's go. We might Actually, we may though, have Tom, to. There is one thing that you do have that I don't have. Uh, we have discovered that GPS obviously does not work in Mississippi. Because I was down in the Delta and told it to go home. Yeah. And next thing I know, I am in the middle of a cornfield. And there is no apparent way out other than the way I came. <laughs> Oopsie. Well. <laughs> and it kept telling me to go deeper into the cornfield. Well, it's just a shortcut. Yeah. Yeah. It's a shortcut. <laughs> All right, you I'm, told it to go the quickest way. You didn't say by road. Right. Obviously. <laughs> <laughs> but apparently you gotta check and make just, sure you didn't have it for walking. Right. <laughs> you know, GPS just we can't do the math here in Mississippi, so we can't handle the GPS triangulation stuff. Ask where the ferrites were. I don't have any ferrites in my my eight my seventh position switch box, no ferrites in there. But I do have capacitors uh, bypassing the uh, the uh, seven lines coming in. Hey, there's a ferrite right here on this one. Yeah. Now, you don't need the diodes. Somebody also mentioned diodes. You don't need the diodes no. because the diodes are there for the reverse voltage as the coil releases. It, it, it's there. If, right. if I had a transistor, if I had a transistor, a transistor to drive the relay, then I need a diode or the back EMF would kill my transistor. Right. But since it's all switch all hardware, switch. you don't, don't need to need worry it. about don't it. Need it. The, yep. the straight switching doesn't need diodes. Right. Right. Uh, let's see. Uh, looking in the chat room, see if there's anything else we missed here. We could. Yeah, uh, yeah, you, isolator, you, optical isolators in. You don't need a diode either. Yeah, let's see. Yeah, uh, Glenn, I got to get me some of that flex, flex seal. Uh, I, that's the I I hear you can use it anywhere. <laughs> yeah, I mean they put lighthouses back together with that stuff. Yeah, like but I mean I'm, I I swear by the JB Weld as well. That's that's my stuff. I, I swear by duct tape. Not even NASA can improve duct tape. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, some interesting comments in the chat room. I'll just have to read them later. Uh, if you guys see something during the show and we want to comment, just let us know. A lot of a lot of a lot going on there. Okay. Well, hey. Anyway, hey, that was a segment on a uh, little antenna switcher uh, that you can build out here if you want to. I'd really love to try to start getting back to maybe every week or two some new project that we build. So uh, next week uh, it'd be Katie's turn. Uh, for a project that she's building. Well, that's not going to happen. Not going to happen. <laughs> I, you just come in and say the cat on, took your homework. What, yeah. what are you working on, uh, yeah. Dwayne? I'm, I'm presently working on designs for, uh, for actually not new designs, but just designs for 
uh, power dividers made out of a piece of one inch square aluminum tubing, copper tubing on the inside, round copper tubing on the inside for a two meter and six meter. All right. So we'll let you know how that goes. I do okay. Back and forth with uh, and back and forth with Alan on how to test those things. Tiny, tiny DNA. DNA. You were talking about your three inch hard line earlier. Um, uh, Alan Weiner was talking about the other day up at WBCQ. You know they got the new five hundred thousand watt an, uh, transmitter and the, the big antenna and. Their uh, hard line uh, is it's, it's it's probably about 18 inches in diameter, and the center conductor is like a, a two-inch copper pipe down the center. So now that can handle some power. Maybe we ought to just start thinking about building our own hard line. There you go. Well, I've seen I've seen where people have built it out of copper tubing, or yeah, like, like through walls and stuff. Go through. They take a piece of two and a half inch copper tubing, a piece of three quarter copper tubing, build aluminum or not aluminum, but uh, UHMW spacers. Go in that, add it down in connectors on each end. It was to go through a concrete wall, concrete block wall. Yeah. Hey, I want to make a, a birthday announcement tonight. Uh, we got a birthday to uh, a, a ham friend here in town. Uh, Max Gray, K1MAX. Max turned 87 years old today, and Max lives here in in the area. I think he lives in Germantown, which is you know probably about four or five miles from my home here. But uh, happy birthday, Max! If you're out there listening tonight, I just want to say hi to you there. Happy birthday, Max! All right, well let's do this, and we'll be right back. Spice up your ham shack with Icon's IC705. This portable radio is perfect for staying in or venturing out and working your favorite bands this winter. Happy holidays from Icon. The IC705 is a perfect sidekick in QRP companion, base station, features, and functionality at the tip of your fingers in a portable package covering HF 6 meters, 2 meters, and 70 centimeters. This compact rig weighs in at just over 2 pounds with RF direct sampling for most of the HF bands and IF sampling for frequencies above 25 MHz. Some of the features include 4.3 inch touchscreen with live band scope and waterfall, sideband CW, AM, FM as well as full D-Star functions, has a micro USB connector, Bluetooth and WLAN, integrated GPS with antenna and GPS logger, the HM243 speaker microphone comes standard. The perfect accessory for the IC705 is the optional LC192 backpack. It has a special compartment for your IC705 and room for all your accessories. Our family of favorite ICOM amateur radios are also available this holiday season and they make the perfect gift. Don't forget the 9700, the 9300, and the 7610 base stations. And the ID52A handheld coming soon. Visit www.icomamerica.com slash amateur for more information on ICOM radios. LDG Electronics provides state-of-the-art antenna tuners for every amateur need. From QRP to QRO, fixed stations, portable and remote, an LDG tuner will match your radio to your antenna using our lightning-fast, 
proprietary tuning algorithms. LDG is a family-owned and quality products to the amateur market. All LDG products carry a full two-year warranty that is fully transferable. Support is only a phone call or email away. We're always here to help you. Visit us on the web at ldgelectronics.com. All right, and we are back. I uh, just want to remind everybody, next week is Veterans, Ham Radio Veterans Day on Amateur Radio Roundup. So, uh, post your picture in our W5KUB Facebook group, and we're going to go over your pictures uh, next week uh, on the show. We'll uh, have a little segment on that and uh, uh, see what else we can do. I, I think it's a neat time uh, every year. I, I, I like doing that. And uh, maybe we can uh, maybe we can have some veteran fun there, you know. Um, yeah. Dwayne and I, I were talking on the break there. Uh, yeah. That um, ICOM 9700, that's the VHF UHF one, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, with the 1200 in it. Yeah. All mode. Santa's going to be bringing me one of those, I hope. Okay. All right. I, I'm trying to find something to do with the 1200 megahertz in Wyoming. Now, you might need that three inch. You might need that three inch hard line for that. Yeah. <laughs> it may well, get a little. It may get a little iffy when you try to connect it to the antenna and rotate it up there. You know, you. I got access to inch and seven eighths hard line. I think that's going to be good enough. Yeah, I think it'll work all right. Yeah. All right. Hey. Um. Okay. Well, guys, uh, a lot of people followed us this week, and we launched our experimental balloon. W5KB101, you know, 100, we were going to try to break the glass ceiling with a homemade balloon. Nobody's really made a homemade balloon that will fly. You just can't find the material. It's not really available. Uh, NASA might have some. Uh, but uh, it's, uh, it's, it's really difficult. We did a lot of testing. You, can, you probably saw in our Facebook group, uh, we did a lot of pressure testing. We've got spreadsheets that, that actually calculate, you know, the gas and the cubic feet and the pressure at altitude and all those kind of things. And uh, and we've always, the last couple of balloons, we've always greatly exceeded the pressure that we would, the differential pressure that we would uh, uh, hit uh, flying. But uh, W5KB100, the break the glass ceiling balloon, it actually... Uh, ruptured somehow and it had a leak at 38,000 feet so it came down and it came down near here uh, we've got the guys in western Tennessee looking for it we know about where it is so uh, just a few days later we put together another system and we launched uh, 101 W5KV 101 and um, basically it was a um, much larger balloon made out of the uh, mylar foil. During our testing, our original testing, uh, we took the other balloon up to 19 inches of water column, which is really high, before it exploded. Uh, at altitude, we need somewhere around 4 inches of water column to be safe, and we went up to 19 inches, so that was really good. This last balloon we flew, the 101, 
Again, we needed about four inches, but we wanted to test the balloon before we flew it. We did not want to, we, did, we didn't want to inflate it to, to explosion because we were going to fly it. But I wanted to inflate it enough to see the uh, safety margin. So we know we needed four inches of water column on the manometer. And we gradually took it up. And I felt really confident at eight inches. And boy, when we hit the eight-inch mark, the balloon exploded. And um, you can see again, here's, here's, here, here's the balloon, I think, right before it exploded. You can see it. Um, the pressure was starting to build there. And uh, so what we, what we did, we, it, and it exploded, and it took about one foot off the end. It was a very nice cut all the way around. It took one foot off, but uh, that material was stretched on the end so I cut another foot of it off uh, so we actually shortened that balloon by two feet and we resealed it and that's what we flew as W5KUB 101 we thought that it should stand the four inches of column of water and uh, obviously it sprung a leak uh, you can see it there uh, under pressure it looks pretty it was pretty tight right there. With those black are those black things are straps holding it down to to our table. And if you look at right right in the center there, you'll see kind of a, a lighter color. That's not a strap. That's a splice uh, that that has connected two sheets of this mylar together. So that's a splice. Uh, during all the pressure testing, none of our splices. Our seams came loose. They all held stronger than the material itself. So we sent up uh, 101. We don't know what happened to it. Again, at about 38,000 feet, almost the same altitude, it developed uh, a rupture or leak, and it came down uh, just south of uh, Nashville, and people are starting to look for it right now. Um, so... We don't know exactly what's going on there, although, you know, when Chuck Yeager broke the, what, faster than sound, uh, they were fighting that demon up there, and that demon was always getting us people and crashing them and killing them. Well, they, they managed to figure out how to get past that demon, and now that demon has moved up to our balloon flights at 38,000. So that's what we're facing there. Um, we're going to uh, have another launch in about three or four days. We're going we're gonna to postpone our experimental try to build a balloon for a while. Uh, we're sinking these things way too fast, you know. And uh, we, have, we have launched a lot of balloons uh, over the last couple of years for the show. Uh, our best balloon has gone around the world three and a half times, 72 days. Then we had another balloon that went around, I think maybe one and a half times around. But this is good flying weather. It's winter time. It's good flying weather because it's winter and all the storms are below the equator. And storms are what kills you. So we're going to be flying this next launch. I've already got uh, W5KB102 built. He's been testing over here. And uh, he will be flying with an SBS balloon. So it's, it's an expensive balloon. The balloon alone costs about $180.
So, uh, you know, there'll be about, you know, in this flight, there'll be about 200, 250, there'll be about 250 bucks in this flight. So it's interesting to, to watch. You got this flight ready to go, got this balloon ready to go. You tie a $250 bill on the bottom of the string here and you let it go. And then you wonder, okay, is it going to get at 38000 and come down somewhere? Is it going to go to Alabama? Is it going to make it around the world once? Or is it going to make it around the world seven, eight, nine times? There are some SBSs up there right now that are on their eighth trip around the world. So it's great flying weather right now. Wintertime is good. So um, we're going to step back, and we're just going to fly one for long duration, not try to break the altitude record but to go back to our long-duration uh, Pico balloon flight, 42, 43,000 feet, uh, and we're going to try to stay in the air 90 days, 180 days. Uh, I think one of these balloons has actually stayed in the air. I don't remember. Bill can probably tell us in the chat room. Seems like, seems like one of these SBS balloons at one point had been in the air like, 300 or 500 days and it hadn't come down uh, what we learned when we first started flying these is about one one out of ten our uh, experience was if you want to make it around the world you got to fly 10 balloons one out of 10 is going to make it but we have flown many tens so we think we're going to do okay this time so we're gonna we're gonna go for it and uh, uh, we think we're going to we think we're going to have some fun with this one. So uh, plan on this one staying up. And uh, let's see. Plan on this one staying up. I don't have any more pictures of it right here. Let's see. Yeah. Bill in the chat room is saying that the longest was 33 times around the world uh, and up over two years. Yeah. Two years and 33 times around. So you know, I, we're not expecting that, although it, it, this is good flying time right now. And, you know, Bill Bill tells us this is perfect time. And uh, Bill keeps emphasizing that if the month has an R in it, if a month has an R in it, that, that's good months to fly. And uh, uh, we're going to get this thing up, and um, we're going to have some fun with it. Uh, we've got, um, let's see, there's... Uh, well, that's basically what it looks like. We, again, we've gone with a 45-degree uh, uh, angle on, on two sides, uh, and we've got redundant or two separate uh, uh, solar panels there. Uh, it can operate off either side of those. It doesn't have to have but one side to operate. It can operate off either side. Uh, again, the 45-degree the angle is to uh, allow us to... Um, it's to allow us to pick up the low sun. Sometimes the sun doesn't get up higher than about 20 or 30 degrees uh, above the horizon. So you can see by sending our solar panels at a 45, we're much more in the sun. And Bill uh, just mentioned last week, uh, some of these, if they get up and fly north, if they fly up like Greenland or north of uh, uh, England and places, the maximum sun angle might only hit 12 degrees max. So at 12 degrees, would almost be out of range of this one even working if it gets up that high. Now, so we're going to be flying. Uh, we've got different modes. We've got we've got CW running uh, on it. Uh, it. It has a a CW ID on it. W5KUB. 
And then it's going to transmit QRSS, which is a very, very low speed code that uh, you can get a program to copy. It's, it's like, like Whisper or whatever, but it actually copies. And you can see the waterfall. You can see the uh, W, da-da-da, and then the 5, did it, did it, did You can actually see the code on the screen. So we'll have CW. You want to listen by ear. We've got QRSS on there. We've got Whisper uh, on there to give us our information. And Bill has also incorporated uh, a JT9 uh, on there. So it will also transmit JT9 uh, in the, the last couple minutes of a 10-minute cycle. The Whisper is, uh, is a modified uh, Whisper where it transmits uh, two times in a 10-minute period. And the Whisper database collects that information. And then, then uh, the Python script We'll then take that information and put it together, and then it, it then we report it up to APRS, and uh, that will get to you know a grid square on Whisper, a grid square like Echo Mike Five Five, is a pretty big grid square. Uh, I think a grid square is maybe what 200 miles by maybe 100 miles or something, very big, 100 by 200, maybe larger. Uh, and then each grid square is broken down into many grid squares inside. So uh, by sending the two uh, th things of data through Whisper and combining that, we can get it down to a six-digit grid square instead of a four. And that gets us into a about a two-mile by three-mile, two-mile by three-mile box. So it gets, a, it gets it very close. So, you know, the one we lost uh, south of uh, Jackson uh, this week, it's in a box two miles by three miles. Um, that's not easy to search, especially if there's forest and stuff in there. Uh, I know, uh, Glenn, we went down uh, about a year ago and searched for one down in Mississippi. It was in a two-mile by three-mile box. And uh, I mean, that is a lot of territory to try to cover. And we were actually lucky. Uh, a local had picked it up down there and uh, it had contacted us. So. Anyway, that's where we are on our uh, on our flights. So, uh, I think either Friday or Saturday we're gonna we're gonna go for the long duration. So, everybody, stay tuned. Yeah, Bill is saying that a sixty-nine by one hundred thirteen miles is for a standard four-digit grid square. Sixty-nine by what? Uh, one thirteen. Okay, that's pretty big. That's a lot of square miles. And Bill yeah. says that it. Uh, KUB-101 reported from the ground. It's in a two-by-three-mile box just north of Columbia, Tennessee. Yeah, I've been watching it today to see if it report again. It did report about, let's see, I don't know, I guess he's talking about the day it landed. Uh, uh, Probably. It did report about four hours later. You know, I thought it went down at like about one o'clock in the afternoon. And there was another there was another report we saw later that came in about four o'clock. So three hours later, it did transmit. It showed it down on the ground. It, it showed it at five hundred and something feet. I think the average terrain uh, out there. I looked it up. The average terrain is somewhere five, six hundred, seven hundred feet. So it's there on the ground, or it's in a tree. And uh, if it can get some sun, it'll start transmitting again. And uh, it, you know, it might be found. Uh, and two, you you saw the, uh, the the makeup of the balloons. They're pretty large. With um, they're silver, 
so they should be seen very well. Um, I've got a picture. Let's see. Well, that's some of the material. Let's see. You know, it's very silver colored, and this, these things were like this thing was like uh, probably twelve foot square. It was a pretty big uh, piece of uh, a balloon out there. You can see there. There it is, right there. Uh, hopefully somebody will find it. Now, we did not put our name or address or anything on there yet. I'm contemplating whether I need to start putting Glenn's email on there. So if we lose one, uh, they can contact Glenn. But uh, uh, I'm trying to avoid having my email address on these when they land in a, on a Russian airbase or maybe land in Tehran or somewhere like that, you know. Yeah, have them take me out. So you wouldn't mind, though, right? You, you don't mind. Put well, your, you know, if we use your logic about being a short-timer, I'm like, yeah, go ahead, put my name down. I had a guy that told me, that that's, I won't say who he was, but uh, he's he's big into the ballooning, and he lives out in California, and he said one day this black limousine pulled up to his house, and four Chinese guys got out, and they came up and knocked on the door. <laughs> And uh, he said he didn't answer the door, and they, they left. You know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, hey, let's uh, let's open the uh, let's open. It's about nine o'clock, getting close to nine o'clock. Let's just open the uh, Zoom for anybody who wants to join us tonight, and uh, see if we can get some other conversation started on those kind of things. Let's see. I'm gonna. I, we need to go. I'm working yep. on a gift for uh, Brett this weekend. Mom and I are headed east. So I gotta finish that sucker up for baby shower. Okay, so make Katie. Sure everybody will see it in week. All right, Katie. Well, thanks for being with us tonight. Glad to see you again. Your internet is better tonight. It's still not perfect, but it's better. It's never going to be perfect unless we get fiber in here. Fiber's within two blocks of us. Is that right? <laughs> oh man! All right, see everybody. All right, Bye. we'll, we'll see you guys. Good night. Right. All right, I'm gonna post. I'm gonna post the link in the chat room here. All you gotta yeah, do is, is click. There's gigabit fiber one block over from me, and all I got is 25. I can't get. I can't get fiber here in Memphis. It just it's not available. You know, I mean, it's just not available. I'm happy with my cable at the 650. I mean, you know, when I had 200, I mean that was fine. I mean, you you can't. I mean, 200 is fine. Then we got 400, and yeah. uh, you know, then we got 650. They keep up in it. All right, we I just find uh, 50 or 100, but we just uh, uh, listed the uh, Zoom link. There we go. We've got our first person there. Let's see who that is. That's Carla. That's uh, that's Charlie. Carlos. I don't know if you. I don't know if that's Carlos or Charlie. I think it's. I guess here in the U.S. is Charlie. Well, since his name on the tag says Carlos, I'm going to assume he's Carlos. Well, but in the U.S., I think he's Charlie. Yeah. We'll have to, we'll have to ask him that. But he's not in the U.S. Well, he is on the scene. <laughs> he is on the scene. Now, oh, we had this wireless discussion earlier. Oh, yeah, yeah, He's yeah, not yeah. wired. Oh, uh, let's see. All right, everybody, click on that link and join us. We'd love to have you on here with us tonight. Actually, somebody in the chat room is what I need is uplink speed. 
believe it or not, I've only got like five meg up, and I'm quite happy with my uplink. Yeah. All right, I, I just have to make read. sure that the cats aren't watching their cat web shows. Yeah, I haven't been able to read the chat. Um, there's a lot of interesting things in the chat. I, I kind of miss out on it during the show, so uh, I kind of count on uh, uh, you and Katie and everybody else to, you know, bring up something if it if it comes up in the chat. Yeah. All right, Charlie, you there? There he is. Yeah. He's there. Hello. All right. Now, Charlie, are you are you Charlie or are you Carlos? I, I need to get that straight. I'm Charlie or Carlos. It depends. <laughs> what, what's it? Uh, what's it depend on? Yeah, it's it's really funny because uh, my uh, my name is Carlos and my brother's name is uh, Juan. Juan. And Juan Carlos. Yes, that's common. Well, Juan, Juan okay. Carlos is my dad, so he was oh, yeah, very. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, oh. Yeah. All right. Not very <laughs> inspired. He, That's he a very common my, name, Juan Carlos. Yeah, Juan Carlos, and he called my my elder brother Juan, and he called Carlos. So, uh, do you have a Guido yeah. in your family? No, no, no. Guido. <laughs> no, thankfully, I, I don't like that name. Oh man. Well, but I don't know why. I think my dad. I don't know if he traveled to us or something and and he started calling us john and charlie for some reason yeah uh, and and we started going that was when we were really young kids and we started going to school and everybody called us john and charlie and at school so it was uh, when we got out to school and into university or into into you know when we became grown-ups, that some people called us by, by our name, Carlos or, or Juan, and others still called us uh, Charlie and John. So Okay, all right. But the interesting thing is that uh, my younger sister, she's already called Elizabeth. So she's, she's not Isabel, she's called Elizabeth. Oh, okay. All so. right. And that's the story behind it. That's your story, and you're sticking to it. There you go. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. We'll say hello to Bill, WZ1L, up in uh, Massachusetts. How you doing, Bill? Hey, Tom. Nice to see you again. Uh, did you get my note there on that uh, local uh, that upgraded extra? I saw that. I do not know him. Well, he's... he's um. He's no ham. Um, he doesn't even have a radio. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, most people in the Memphis area don't even know about this show. So, you know, I don't well, know I him. told him about the show, and I told him to log yeah. in, and that we'd give him a shout-out. So, All I right. Mean, you Let's know. give him a shout-out. He passed the test. He lives in Germantown. Uh, he, he passed the test today, and now he needs to get a radio. Right. KN4, Oscar November Victor, Joseph Plunk. That sounds so hell, man. I'm an old timer. That, that sounds like a novice call to me. Well, I, I don't know. He lives over there by the Dogwood Elementary School. Yeah. You know where that is. Yeah. Now, you, you, you understand what I said? It sounds like a novice call. K N? 
Really? No, I don't know. This is what they're throwing out there oh, I know, uh, I know. at the yeah. MCC. They're, they're up to the KNs. Yeah, the, what, yeah. What was that, Glenn? Yeah. They are up to giving out the KN is that right? call. Well, you know, you know, when we all got our license back many, many years ago, uh, if you had a, the, an N, if the second letter was an N, that means you had a novice license. Yep. You were WN5KUB or KN5KUB. And, uh, and then once you upgraded from novice to, say, general or tech, that, that N turned into an A. WN5KUB became WA5KUB. Yeah, or the B. Yeah, yeah. I got I got lucky and got an A with mine. But uh, yeah, well, yeah, about, yeah. If they ran out of if it ran out of A's, then of course the B's would be coming in and all that, you know. Yeah. Well, in 1981, when I moved from. Midway Island with KA6OWC to Alexandria, Virginia. You know, you had to you had to yeah. work portable if you were not in your home region at yeah. the time. The FCC still had that. So I was, you know, on CW in the Pentagon, you know, KA6OWC portable forum. And this major command said, young man, you do not have to do that. He says, get a copy of your license. He says, fill out the 605, send it to them in, in um, up there in Greenbelt. He says, they, they will fix that for you. And I says, oh, will I? Yeah, three weeks later, I got, uh, I got a call, K4WWG. So I was at the end. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, the they would fix it for you. Back, back then, when you changed from one region like a 5 to a 4, you had to take a 4 call. Now, yeah. Yeah. now you keep your call when you move to different regions, and uh, well, which is kind of neat. You know, I'm a five. I mean, Arkansas. You know, Mississippi right below us is a five, and Arkansas, where I where I was born, is a five right across the river. But since I'm over in Tennessee, Tennessee is a four. Yeah, so, I was a four all of my life until I moved to yeah. Mississippi. And so I don't know. I kind of wanted just to keep my call, and um, you know, uh, I didn't want mine. Same here. Uh, we not long ago you had to you had to change your your complete call sign if you move between regions yeah. inside Uruguay, which is uh, really small. Uh, but you had to change your call sign, and uh, nowadays you, you you don't need to. you you keep your call. Sign. Yeah, I've so, got mixed feelings about that because you know if you're trying to work somebody and you you hear you know. A seven call, you know, which is kind of hard for us to get, and you're jumping on it, and you find out, oh, yeah, I moved to Tennessee six years ago. Like, yeah. Wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> I think we even had a, a KL seven call here in the Memphis area, but uh, oh, that's well, Alaska. That's yeah. Alaska. Well, see, and, and used to, yeah, used to, you could tell, man, when we were, you know, back in the old days, if you heard a KL seven, you know, this guy's in Alaska. Yeah. But now, now that you can keep your call anywhere you go, more than likely he's going to be in Miami, Florida. Yeah. Anyway, you know, so. some, uh, while we're talking local here, just wanted to throw this out here. Uh, this weekend, the Tupelo Amateur Radio Club is having their Papa Jack's Trade Day uh, Saturday from 9 to noon at the Tupelo Farmer's Market. And, yes, I am going to be there with my stuff trying to 
help my new radio fund. Oh man, I I already go to that. So it's uh okay. Let's see who's um somebody needs to mute their uh. Let's see, I bet you that is. Yes, WB5B needs to mute or. Is that who it is? WB5B, please mute your. Please mute your video on the show. It's feeding back. So, Glenn, tell me more about uh, this tuple thing. I might even go down there. That's so pretty. Glenn, that's pretty close. Tell me more about the tuple thing. All right, I'm gonna. I'm gonna mute. I'm gonna mute WB5B. Here we go. I got. I got it muted. Okay. Okay. Yeah, WB5B. Uh, if you can hear me, you need to mute your. You need to mute your video. That's uh, we're getting feedback. Yeah, it's just a three-hour swap fest. Yeah. Uh, they used to have it over near the airport, and this year they moved to the Tupelo's Farmer's Market. So with it only being three hours, I thought that would be a great thing to do, you know, get out of the it's house and go slow. for a little drive it's, in the morning. It's, uh, how long does it take to get to Tupelo? A couple hours? Hour and a half. Yeah. Man, by the time I have breakfast to get dinner, it'll be over with. <laughs> See, I'm always up. <laughs> up at five every morning so this would be like you know normal work day just get up and go to have fun instead of going to work yeah let's get building you know, it's, it's a little small you know parking lot type swap meet but hey it's hams people to talk to stuff to buy stuff to sell yeah good. well i don't know I, I may show up i may get down here don't know I don't know. You're gonna have to get there early because it's nine to noon, and you know when they say nine to noon, you know they're packing up and leaving the parking lot by eleven. Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's true. All the good deals happen between seven and seven fifteen. Well, yeah, you know, you get there early, like six o'clock, and then you can be the first one around the road, everything, you know. <laughs> if you bring all of your stuff in boxes. And you get there about seven. People will come over and start wanting to go through the boxes. And if you just say you have to put that stuff on the table for me to be able to go through the box, somebody else will set your stuff up for you, just so they can go through your boxes. There's a trick to doing this. The only problem is you still have to pack it up yourself to go home. Hello, Bill. Bill Brown, are you there? VA3OR, good evening. Well, Bill, you're muted. Yeah. I'll see you there. Oh. Yeah, he's still, it, it takes a, you know, a good 30 seconds to get in. And for Bill, being in the back hills of Alabama, it takes him an extra minute and a half. Yeah, he's on. He, I think he's on a drop off your net, your network down here in Mississippi. Yeah, yeah. I I am on the a uh, back dirt road of the internet, about as far off the road as you can get. Right. All right. But tonight I should be on high speed. Tonight I should be on high speed. <laughs> 
WB5B, are you there? Okay, well, he, uh, okay. he unmuted his mic again and he's called some feedback. WB5B, hello. WB5B, hello. Yeah, hi. Hey, uh, uh, please mute your, uh, your video of the show. Uh, the audio. The audio, yeah, the audio yeah, shows audio, speeding yeah, back. He's probably playing the okay. uh, show in addition to the No, I, I turned it off. I turned okay. the show off. Okay. All, all, all right. Yeah, it's gone now. Yeah, you were. Well, no, we're still getting it. Now, his speakers are. He's not muting or whatever when, his, when he's okay. speaking. Okay, so his, his mic must be close to his speakers then. Okay. Well, hey, WB5B, okay. uh, glad well, to have you. Well, where are you? Uh, deep South Texas, right on the Mexican border near the Gulf of Mexico. Okay. Texas. Okay. 80 degrees here right now. Yeah. Well, we're having a, yeah. man, we're having a we're terrible having, cold yeah, front through here. It's 48 right now. It's 46 down here. 46 down here. Looks like a further south we go, it gets colder, but he's warm. Yeah, I'm only there. 10 miles south and it's a two degree drop. All right. Well, I don't think I've met WB8B. Uh, we'll say hello. Is it WB5B? Say hello to you. And uh, I don't know if you've been watching the show uh, any or if you're a newcomer to our show. Uh, let us know uh, how you found us. There he is. Well. <laughs> okay. All right, Charlie. What do you, what do you got? What do you got going? Charlie, I used to have one of those. For your imperial people, here we have the strange temperatures you have. Oh yeah. All right, I'm gonna that mute W. Be, I'm gonna mute W. B five B. I'm gonna mute him again because he, he's causing feedback here. Uh, I think his microphone is too close to speakers, or maybe he could just turn his speakers down a little bit. So, Charlie, is that your conversion table right there? Yeah. <laughs> Real-time conversion table. Real-time, huh? Charlie, I used to have that exact thermometer. It's really nice. This was my, my father's. He, it was, he had it in yeah. the shack, uh, so I, I got it for myself. Yeah, the one I had was from the 1970s. Maybe this, it's also from the 1970s. That's a real classic. Yeah. All right. Hey, I don't know if it was Colin or someone from Australia always was asking me about the telephone lines for the show. And, uh, you know, uh, I think I told him last time that I'd fix it, but uh, I forgot to fix it. So uh, we have telephone number. Or, well, let's see. Wait a minute. I'm not. I don't even have the phone line brought up. You can get on Zoom. Anyway, as far as the telephone, if we bring the telephone back up, uh, the phone numbers were always there. It was just white letters on white background. That was our problem. So, so once we uh, once we fix that, uh, uh, you, you can see the numbers now. But hey, Zoom is uh, just as good there. Uh, 
Uh, click on that Zoom link in the uh, chat room and, and join us. Don't be shy. Yeah, he was asking for the Zoom link again, so I got okay, it in the chat good, room. Good. Yeah, that was an invisible link. Actually, <laughs> if there was, if you could take take a lemon and put a little lemon juice and and kind of rub it on oh, your screen, gosh. it would it would come in. Did you ever do that when you were a kid? That invisible link. Oh yeah, we had that yeah. invisible link with the lemon juice and all that fun oh, stuff. Oh man, I guess. Did you have a secret decoder ring? From anywhere? I no. mean, you didn't have one of those? No, but, you know, that was back in the day when you could get all sorts of cool chemicals from the local drugstore for your chemistry set. Yeah. And, you know, you oh, man. actually yeah. do real things. Uh, yeah. Nowadays, it's one little dot of colored water, I think it is. The lawyers got to it. <clears throat> but said you can't do that anymore. But oh, man. We make rocket fuel and oh, fire alerts. And we'd... Uh, you know, we did all kinds of stuff. But nowadays, the Homeland Security would come and haul the kid away. Well, I remember Absolutely. something. Something in the uh, chemistry kit. It, it was it was red color. Phenol phenolphthalein. Phenolphthalein, something like that, right? Yeah. Is that what you're talking about? Or well, that's what all there is in the kits nowadays. Yeah. But in the good old days, you could actually make rocket fuel if you wanted and gunpowder. Right? And actually, well, you know, we could go directly to the the drugstore and buy a big box of sulfur, a big box of powdered car charcoal. Yeah. We could buy potassium nitrate. Yeah. Saltpeter, I guess. You know, Let me people. tell you, I, you know, when yeah. I was growing up with my but, chemistry, when my chemistry said I used to experiment, I'd mix stuff up and I'd give worms shots, man. I don't know what I was expecting them to do, you know, grow legs when or I something. When I was a kid, but, I would for, uh, sign, they had a place called Wumco Chemical, kind of like the Acme uh, for Roadrunner, right? Yeah. Just to say that there was a real-life company called Wumco, and you could get any chemical you wanted. Just they just send off for it, put some cash money in an envelope, sign that you were over 16, and yeah. the next a few days later, there would be this big box of chemicals. And it was good stuff. I mean, yeah. I used to make my own fireworks, my own rocket engines. Uh, nowadays, like I say, if you tried to order that kind of stuff now, uh, they'd haul you away. You know, you know. Hey, th I, I was probably thirteen years well, old. I was fourteen at the time. But I was probably I was I, listen, I, listen, listen. I was probably thirteen. You know, chemistry set. I could go down to my local drugstore and I would buy a syringe and needles. Oh, yeah. they, they would sell it. They would sell it to yeah. you, and I would mix chemicals up, and I'd shoot the worms and stuff with it. But everything yeah, I, you needed I, was at the local drugstore. I, I never made any discoveries yeah. with the, any. I didn't cure cancer or anything like that. You know, I think the worms probably died. I'm probably going to be in trouble with Peter now. Is a worm up? Is that? Uh, let's see. Let me get uh, Colin in here. Is is a worm an animal? I might get in trouble with Peter. Yes. Oh man! All right, we got uh, we got Colin in here, I think, down in the VK land. <laughs> I mean, if your options are animal, vegetable, mineral, then yes, a worm is an animal. <clears throat> Hello, uh, Colin. How are you doing? VK five C O L. Welcome. We'll see how our signal. 
We'll see how our signal's coming in down under. Hey, if you're listening. Oh, sorry. Who is that? Is that Colin? No, not yet. No, okay. Hey, let me just make a quick announcement. Uh, Hey, guys, uh, if you are out there listening on International Shortwave on WBCQ 7490, Please send us an email. We're glad to have you. This this show is about ham radio, amateur radio, and we'd love to hear from you. Send us an email to tom at w5kub.com. Tom at w5kub.com. Send us an email. Tell us where you are. We'll give us a signal report. We'll get you a QSL card from the shortwave station, and love to hear from you. Also, uh, if you uh, have not done it yet, uh, please hit the subscribe button on YouTube, our YouTube video. Hit the subscribe button. That will greatly help us to uh, uh, bring our rankings of our show up. We really need you to do that. And let's see, what else we got going here? Um, hit the like button if you like the show. So that's all I got to say. Colin, are you there, Colin? Hey, yep, if you can hear me. There he is. Yeah. Uh, we hear you. You're doing good. First time I've ever used Zoom. <laughs> is that right? Well, you, you're yeah. doing good. You, I've you, got you, no you, idea if the camera even works on this computer. I've never used the camera on this one before either. Well, you're doing good. Uh, you're coming in 5'9 plus 25 over here into Tennessee <laughs> tonight. That's good. All right. Uh, was it you that were asking about the phone numbers, or was that someone else in Australia? Yep, no, that was me. Oh, okay. The, the numbers, that were always there. It was just white letters on white background. <laughs> okay. Hey, hey Bill, 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 Bill's, Bill's eating a Fig Newton. Yes, he is. Bill's eating a Fig Newton. <laughs> you know, I kind of like Fig Newton. I like more the outside than the inside of the Fig Newton, you know? He's a strawberry tonight there, Tom. Strawberry, huh? Okay. Yeah. Wally World. <clears throat> well, I'm going to give me some popcorn when the show's over, I think. Yeah, I mean, that's the one thing. I have to walk down the cookie aisle and just say, no, never mind. I love Fig Newtons. We got Mike, uh, we got Mike in here, VK2EMK. Yeah, he's in there with us. So we're uh, yeah, our signal. Uh, we must be really getting down in that area of the world down here. Yeah, bands open. You know, the bands have really been opening. I mean, I, I listened to this yesterday, and, and yeah, you know. when when you have a a contest, bands open. Magically, yeah, you know? yeah, isn't that something? Yeah, of course. It, yeah, <laughs> I mean, because all, people don't use open. the bands otherwise. I mean, you could, I couldn't find a blank spot anywhere on 40 through 10 meters, man. It was just, it, they were everywhere. Right. So that's what we need to do. Fantastic, fantastic. Have a contest. Yeah, this would I be have the to time have contest every week. Australia, <clears throat> what was that, Bill? Bill? This time of night is the best time to work Australia from the States. Yeah, I remember uh, when we were uh, when WBCQ just was testing their transmitter, the new transmitter, um, and the new big antenna that rotates. It's the uh, biggest antenna in North America that uh, they put in. Uh, and uh, we had people in Australia giving us signal reports during the show. We we were simul- simultaneously transmitting on on WBCQ. Uh, Alan had put us over on 9330, the new transmitter, and he was running low power. He was only running 100,000 watts. 
uh, to the antenna. That would be low power, yeah. Yeah, he was running low power. <laughs> and uh, uh, people in Australia were saying, man, you're coming in great, man. You're coming in good. Mm. Hey, Colin, we can see you. Yeah, we Is can. I only just worked out how to turn the camera on. <laughs> Let's see. Oh, okay. He's got a he's got a ham hat there. All right, perfect. <laughs> perfect, man. Where where are you in Australia, Colin? Uh, rough. I'm not sure in miles, but roughly 80 kilometers west of Adelaide in South Australia. Okay. I have a number of friends in Melbourne. Yeah, that's stay away from me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, how about you, uh, you Chuka? I think is what it is. Is that close that? to you? Where's that? Um, it, 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 uh, I may be pronouncing it wrong. Forgive the uh, New England accent up here. Okay. Yeah. You, New, New England or Australia, this is going to be good. We can. Well, you, I think he said, Bill said, Utuka, Utuka. I think that's a Mayan oh, village yeah. in the middle of uh, yeah. Mexico somewhere. No, uh, Utuka, I think you may get nowhere near here. Yeah. See, that's the problem. Everybody looks at Australia and thinks everything's, you know, a 30-minute drive from here. Yeah, no, so, no. Hey, listen, <clears throat> I got my call in Perth, okay, VK6AWP. That is at least 25 to 2,800 miles from where that young man lives. <laughs> <laughs> the border's a long way from here to Western Australia. All right. Hey, hey Colin, <laughs> I want to ask you a question, Colin. Have you yeah. ever looked at the map of Australia and flipped it? If you flipped Australia over, it kind of looks like the United States. Have you ever looked at that? Except the think we're bigger, aren't we? If you, if you <laughs> just flipped Australia over, and of course you, are, you guys are on the bottom of the world in here, but if you flip it over, it's almost the same shape as the United States. Never really taken much notice. <laughs> now, Charlie and Colin might have issues with calling it the bottom of the world yeah they yeah, yeah. are actually on the top of the world we're just inverted over here yeah Close. all right yeah. we we had we've got well it says joe brown but i don't think that's joe i think this is uh this is our other australian friend uh, well it says joe brown but i don't think that's joe i think this is uh so, um, I don't know if Joe is your yeah, name or my your wife's name. name. Is ignore, the, ignore the Joe Brown. It's actually my VK2AMK. Yeah. And why haven't I got a picture? Well, it may be dark uh, down there. I don't know. There we oh, go. There you, there you go, man. You're coming in good, man. <clears throat> All right. Well, Bill, um, we're going to go with the true and tested launch this week, I think, and All right. just try to keep one in the air for a while. Uh, we have gone through a bunch of uh, true and launches over the years. Oh, he must be playing back the uh, video from the... Yeah. Yeah, the show, you turn the turn the video for the show off and, and, and listen to the video on YouTube. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, on Zoom. Zoom, Zoom, Zoom. Yeah, I'm listening to everything on Zoom. Yeah, 
Th that's why I use a headphone so that there is no. What happened? I can't tell who it's coming from. Can you, can you guys tell? Is it where the well, feet? Yeah, Joe it, Brown was the one it, lighting it up. It was Joe Joe Brown. One, uh, isn't there a way to look at the uh, zoom and tell uh, where the signal, the voice is? Yeah, yeah, it lights up the yellow border. Okay, I'll have to look for that because I, I haven't been noticing that here. Hey, uh, Colin, uh, are you? Uh, is Adelaide one half hour out of sync from uh, UTC time? From Eastern Standard, yeah. Okay, it's, so you're 30 minutes different, not an hour. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's almost 1 p.m. here now. And it'll be one, well, about 1.30 there. Yeah, it's 1.30 on the East Coast here. Almost. So today's tomorrow there. Yeah. <laughs> it's already it tomorrow. It's Wednesday. tomorrow. <laughs> you're living the future. Or we're living in yesterday. Yeah, maybe, yeah. We're living in the past. Can you just give me the winning lottery numbers for my yeah, area? No. <laughs> I was just going to say, don't ask for the lotto numbers. <laughs> well, this, this show, every Tuesday night, this show brings the past and the future together. Maybe we ought to make that one of our mottos. Yeah. Bring, bring the past and the future together every Tuesday night. That just means we bring the old folks out and the young ones out. Yeah. Yeah, I uh, before I forget, I was uh, listening today to the to your 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 uh, explanation about the 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 quax switch that you built it with all the stuff you had at home. Yeah, and uh, I, I, I'm finishing a build of a GPS uh, do. Uh, it's a discipline oscillator, and the only thing I had to buy was the the Admel 328. Three to Can you find them? Can you find those, Charlie? In, in, in dip. In a in, in dip, dip package. Dip form. Yes. Oh. And, and in Uruguay, in, I bought it in Uruguay. That's impressive because I've been searching all over for the quad pack version of the 328P, and they're showing. DigiKey is now showing like March delivery for the first batch. Well, but but I saw. I think that the problem is on the surface mount. Uh, That's uh, the one. Yeah, because I I saw a guy that <laughs> tweeted he he redesigned his product, which was a, a little board. I don't know for what, but all the components are surface mount except the the processor that it's deep. So he says I will, won't have any trouble with the with the supply chain because he was it's based on you, the Admel you can get Yeah, you can get the dip version, but the uh, the SM the surface mount flat pack quad pack version uh, uh, is uh, completely unavailable until about March. I've got a That's bag. A I, I, I got a bag probably with a, a dozen in it that I bought through Alley AliExpress. Uh, I wasn't sure if they were going to be counterfeit or if they were even going to work. But uh, Bill, uh, yeah, I've used them. I've used them on the last two tractors and they've worked fine. So oh, I guess good. Good. Okay. I'll have to check them out. I they work. Bag. They work up to thirty-eight thousand feet. Yeah, they'll work <laughs> up to thirty-eight thousand. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, I had uh, one of those in-reach units that the uh, Delorme has, 
it was uh, it had a uh, iridium modem in it and it had a built-in gps and i flew it on a balloon and it stopped working at thirty-two thousand seven hundred. no it's thirty-two thousand. i'm sorry Twenty-nine thousand three hundred twenty-eight feet. Mount Everest. I thought, that's weird. Because, Mount Everest. And and I asked the guy, says, is that some sort of bite band boundary problem? And they said, no, no, we didn't think anybody'd be hiking any higher than Mount Everest. It was designed <laughs> for hikers. Yeah. Yes, one we we had to in one of our uh, three balloons that uh, at the club we had to reprogram a GPS module. For it to be uh, for 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 more height more instead altitude, of yeah. speed, right? So, the the, the uh, U blocks you have to send a command to make it work above about forty thousand feet, or it'll yeah. just stop working. Yeah, but it was really good because the, we we recovered that, so we reused the module, and and in the first balloon we realized that we also have a we had a a barometric sensor. So we could figure out the height we went with the barometric sensor. So now, uh, the, the GPS do... stopped working yeah. and the barometric sensor continued. That's good. Uh, we had I bought a, a barometric sensor uh, from Motorola. It was an MPX 5100A, and it was a great unit. It worked up to about 99,000 feet. And then I flew a later batch, one it was just uh, another batch from the factory came in. I ran out of them. So I bought some more, and they stopped working at 40,000 feet. And I asked the engineer, I said, what's going on? And he says, well, it was too difficult to make them work to an absolute vacuum, so we uh, just stop them at 0.25 PSI now. And, Thank you very much. <laughs> and he said, uh, we, we hope to get around to updating the data sheet. So I asked him if he had any of the old ones in a, in a drawer, and he sent me a few that he had in a drawer that <laughs> got me through until I could find a better one. Yeah, we we had luck that time, and then we 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 reprogrammed. We sent the command before launching to the to the to the same GPS model we recovered, and the next flight will work fine, no problem. But I can't tell you how many people have flown the uh, the U blocks chips and forgot to put the uh, command to go to airborne mode, and they all stop at forty thousand feet. Yes. So yeah, and and yes about the the GPS do here. I built everything, everything from uh, things I had in in in, in the in the in the in the shack so so no problem well, it's what's incredible because i said well something i will have to buy sometime <laughs> i had everything and lots of uh, regulators uh, uh, op amps and uh, some logic gates and things trans i had everything so it's good to to keep stuff you know and those work those gsaos work pretty well uh what do you what are you uh, calibrating with that? Uh, well, it's uh, it just it's just to play around because I've bought a a used um, but pretty good Suncor. I think Suncor is the brand. It's a 
quite old, but a frequency counter, ah. uh, which has a, an oven controlled crystal oscillator. And it, it works really nice, but I think it was out of calibration. So there the, 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 the trip started, you know, how do I calibrate my, my, my frequency counter? So, um, I bought one of these, uh, also, uh, fre- frequency references, 10 megahertz frequency reference from eBay, but they also have this, uh, uh, you have to calibrate them too. So uh, with, I'm doing the GPS DO with that as a clock. And I found one which is really interesting because the most of them are based on a PLL. You do a PLL and 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 the the then you some some people use the, the microcontroller to to let's say uh, know the free uh, as an accessory but this uh, guy did something really interesting which is using the the clock of the admin it's the output of the crystal oscillator and he he clocks the admin via the crystal oscillator and then he has the one pps from the gps into the uh, one, one of the uh, inputs from the from the processor, from the control microcontroller, and then he counts and he has a a pretty interesting algorithm that he counts uh, in this different stages to to go incrementing the precision of the counts. And I think that's really interesting because the the processor it's 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 always. Uh, uh, it's it's a it's a state machine. It it always as instructions takes always the same number of clocks. So you have to you only have to count. So that's really really clever. That is that is clever. Yeah. yeah. So that's it. Uh, I'm testing it right now. I'm I'm uh, checking out if it, everything is working okay because I'm having a bit of trouble with the. Uh, it has how do you uh, you have to control the voltage of the uh, frequency standard the the crystal uh, the oven control crystal oscillator you have to control the the voltage and the thing is that it uses a pwm output and a filter low pass filter for that but then i had to use some op amps to to do some um, uh, voltage uh, adjustments like like the in his design he his uh, his standard was uh, from zero to five volts and in mine you you have from minus five to five volts so I have to do some some uh, correction there but I think I'm having trouble there that it takes too long to to vary from one voltage to another and that like make some uh, like um, oscillations in the output, so I have to do something there. But I'm 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 testing it. Of course, my my frequency counter is already calibrated because it's at one hertz. So and this is, it's uh, like point zero zero one hertz or something like that, point zero zero five hertz. So it's really good. 
that beats having to buy a rubidium standard, which are pretty pricey. Yeah, a little bit. You know, Bill, uh, you know, talking about the parts shortage, I, for some reason I was wanting one of the U-Block 7Cs, GPS, and you are right. They cannot be found. They do not exist anymore. <laughs> I have, uh, I found a surplus house. I bought 100 8C, 8Q. Yeah, I've so got eight and six. Okay. The 7s you can't find because they're older version. For some uh, reason, I wanted the 7C. Okay, I, somebody might have it in oh, Great I'll Britain. Have to, I, I have a question, Bill. Them. Yeah. Bill? All right, Th these chips that you're talking about, the 7Cs and the 8Cs, what are they for again, please? Those are GPS modules made by U-Block. And uh, the uh, Max series, it's Max 7C or Max 7Q. The 7C will work on a little lower voltage, the main difference. And the Max 8C and X8Q, uh, I use the 8Q now. Uh, the Max 8Q will do the bytecode system and several other different GPS constellations now. But if you leave it in that mode, it draws an extra 4 or 5 milliamps of current. So there's a command you can set it to set it back to just the U.S. GPS constellation, and that saves you about 5 milliamps. Okay. But if okay. you want it to really track beautifully and you can afford the current, then just leave it as the stock uh, multi-system GPS. All right, so I have another question. You you mentioned last week, I think it, it was... It looks something eight, like this. The well, actually, that's the Neo, I believe, uh, Charlie. Yes, this is uh, for... So, sorry, sorry, Bill. This is for a RTK, RTK2 uh, module. So you have this uh, RTK yeah, thing. The, the but, but the shape little, is similar to that. Module. Yeah, the... Uh, the the Max series is about half that size, but it looks like that. It's a silver case with uh, gold leads on two sides. Okay, so uh, just a, another question. You mentioned something about a, an 18M327C. What is that? The what was it? The 18 Mega 328. Yeah, 18M328C. 18 Alpha Tango. Oh, I'm sorry. I was, I was talking about the AT Mega 328P, which is the Atmel processor microcontroller that's used in Arduinos a lot. Yeah, or that's the processor chip. Yeah, that was an AT Mega. It's made by Atmel. AT Mega 328P. And those are the ones that are hard to find. And it's a very common chip. Uh, right. Well, I'm going to Boston tomorrow. That's why I asked. Because there's a do-it-yourself electronics down there. And I was going to see if they had any. <laughs> well, you might find it in a dip package, but not in the QFFP, QFP package, uh, which is a 44-pin surface mount. Glenn, that's the uh, Arduino Nano. Use that one too. 
Yes. So here I have a nano in one of my yep. experiments. Yep, there's the chip right there. <laughs> there it is. And the chip is there. Let me see. Yep. There. Yes. And there's a, a mini Arduino that uh, <laughs> is available from SparkFun and uh, Adafruit. They use the surface mount one. But I don't want to get into having to remove a quad pack from a circuit board. It's oh, gosh, no. You know, Bill, I found... The, the last... The last... Uh, um, uh, the last uh, option you have, you do it. But if not... I, hey, I have found that, that the uh, 328P is probably one of the easier chips for me to solder. The 32 pins, it is easy. And Bill, I've even, I've even lifted off. I've taken my heat gun and just heated it and lifted that sucker off and redone it and redid it and... Uh, I tell you, what you're gets, right. It's 32 pins. I, I didn't mean yeah, to say 40. Yeah, 32. And, uh, what gives me the most trouble? Two things. I hate working uh, the 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 GPS chip. I don't like it. But the that little SI 5351, that sucker. It's bad. That's a very man. fine pitch. It's bad. Yeah, that's you need a soldering tip about as small as you can possibly get, yeah. and then make it smaller. Yep. Yeah. You need a steady hand, big magnification. Yep. And and and, and uh, I thought I'd, 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 a lot of times I'd be very careful, steady, and I'd get almost get it, and then I'd bridge two of them, and then the solder the, the solder wick then the solder solder wick won't get it off, you know, for some reason. And uh, so I'll just take the heat gun, I'll heat that sucker up, and lift it right off, and just clean the board and put it right back on. Now, I, I went to a board assembly house here in Huntsville, and they were doing some boards for me years ago. And one of the, the employees that worked there on one of those huge, like, 120-pin uh, quad packs, all she would do is put some flux down and then take the soldering iron with some solder and just go, yep. and she'd, do one, she'd just do four zips and... And she wouldn't even have solder bridges and be perfect all by hand. But I think she probably did a few of them over the last few years. Yeah. Probably yeah. several thousand. Well, I have found that the, the solder paste, the solder, you know, the liquid solder paste is the way to go. Even though I've got, oh, yeah. some, I've got some solder that's so small, it's thread hair size, but that's still, uh, that's almost, that's almost too like, big. But I can put that, I can put that solder paste down. And you know how I have to put that solder paste down? I have to take a I take a toothpick and an exacto knife and I, I sharpen that toothpick so sharp and you touch it in that solder paste. Barely touch it. And then then you get under that microscope and that sucker looks like a baseball bat under there. And you just touch it to the trace right there. And uh man, that's the best way to do it. Just put the solder paste on it and heat them up. Well, uh, the uh, I use .010 inch solder. You had special order it, so ten mil solder and a very fine tip, and that'll yeah. hand solder some of that stuff. The O one five, which is kind of a more typical, and O two five is is your average size solder. Uh, that's going to be just like you know. That'd be like welding pipes by comparison. 
Yeah. The really fat slaughter, you know. I'm, I'm looking to see what this is. This says three tenths of a millimeter. Well, let's see. I don't know what. I don't know what that converts to, but I'm gonna hold it. I say it, it, it's um. Well, well, I'll tell you in here it looks minute. big. It looks big on the camera, but it it ain't. It's not very big. I need to convert it. it it's, I'll bring it's, up my calculator. Take three tenths. Three tenths millimeter. Divided by twenty-five point four. <clears throat> Why is it taking so long? It's take it down to like. Well, that's pretty close to what I use. That's point oh one two. Yeah. Point point on yes. zero point zero one two. I use zero point zero one zero. Yeah. Well, and I tell you, like you're right, you use the smallest soldering iron you can find, and if you got one little bitty bubble of solder on that soldering iron, it's too much. Oh man! So don't you use? Um, um, I know nothing about soldering in in uh, surface mount, but don't you use the these? Uh, Stencils, they're called stencils, right? That the if you want to get fancy and use a toaster oven, then the stencil, uh, when you order a PC board from China, for example, uh, I or, use order the I, stencil, yes, yeah, I use uh, JLC PCB. Uh, there used to be a website called Hackvana, and they would uh, you could order PC boards from them, you send them to your server files from your layout program and then they would uh, create the uh, circuit boards from them. Well, they actually worked with JLC PCB and they're a Chinese house that's online, very easy to use. You just send them your Gerber files and if you, um, for an additional like minimal amount of money, they'll send you a nice little stencil with your design and then you can squeeze the solder paste on that with a squeegee and then put the components on and then put it in a toaster oven. But you well, have to have a good toaster oven, a good profile. And uh, so and, it, and it's not not always going to turn out the way you want it unless you well, Bill, when I had when I had these boards made, I didn't order the I didn't order the uh, stencil because, man, I mean, the, the, it's so small. I mean, you lay the part on there, you're going to smear them almost. You know, you're going to smear it from one lead to the next. Yeah. It's almost impossible to lay it down without... Well, yeah, but but that the the uh, solder mask takes care of that, right? When well, you you, the, that solder oil, mat, the solder mat lets you get the, the, the solder on, on the little, uh, uh, what do you call it, traces. But then you take the you have to take the mat off, and then you got to put the part on there. And it, and that part when you lay that part down here, some of these things are so small, it's they can almost, shift on you, and that can't no happen. no no. But I'm saying not not the not that stencil, the solder mask. The yeah. mask itself uh, will yeah. separate the. But it can take still care they can still shift on the pins, I think, is what Tom's trying yeah, to Yeah, I mean, you, you, you lay it on there, and you can put the solder paste on the pins, but then you take the mask off. But when you, lay, when you lay that part the on stencil, there... The stencil. Yeah, if you lay that part on there, it it moves, man, and, and it's some of the stuff is so close. Anyway, 
the paste seems to work out really well for me. Uh, and uh, you, most of this is hand soldered, but Bill, the you know, there's some parts that you have to use the heat gun to. A, a really uh, cheap way that we've been doing it uh, for one part, a quick and dirty way that works pretty well, actually, uh, is to hit the board, put your part on the top, and the solder has to be on the part, not on the board. And then you heat it from below with a, a heat gun. Yeah. And it'll sink down into it, and that lines up pretty good. Like, I do that for the crystal and uh, the little oscillator on here, one Bill. One of the oscillators. Yeah. I do that too. The little oscillator on here, I take that toothpick and I'll put four little bitty specks of uh, solder paste and just drop that thing down here. And when you heat that up, it just seems It'll to hit. automatically turn all by itself. It'll, it li it kind of lines itself up, you know. It's not greatly temperature controlled, but yeah. uh, it does work. That's a quick and dirty way of doing it. And uh, if you're just doing one or two components, that's uh, a real quick way and it works pretty well. But use yeah, a good hot quality heat gun, one that's got some temperature behind it. Uh, I use yeah. a Steinol. Uh, it's got, it'll go up to 1300 degrees. Mine does pretty good. It'll, if I want to take that 328 P off, I just, I just hold that thing down here and go around it a couple times. And before you know it, you can take the tweezers and lift it right off. It's daytime in Big Island. Is it bedtime? Yeah, no, it's not, it's not bedtime. It's lunchtime. No, not daytime. Oh, day, day, daytime. Look at that. Yeah. Hey, wait. What is that out there? A three-wheel? What is that? What kind of vehicle is that? Uh, That's a trailer. Eucalyptus. It's a trailer. You have That's, the eucalyptus trees, right? Eucalyptus. That's actually uh, well, communications van for a rescue group I'm in. Oh, okay. Okay, cool. And I don't know if you can see my tower behind me. Oh, yeah, that's, the that's towers. Nice. Yeah. Higher, higher, higher. <laughs> I'll drop the laptop if I go any higher. <laughs> uh, Just had the snake outside for a cigarette. <laughs> it's open <laughs> house. <laughs> well, the weather looks nice. It is today. There was a fair bit of lightning around yesterday, blowing a gale and rain, and not good yesterday. <laughs> Very well, guys, we've, we're coming close to the end of our show tonight. Uh, I want to thank everybody for joining in here with us, and uh, I wish others would join us uh, on Zoom and help us to uh, pick out some new uh, ham topics to talk about. <coughs> Watch our Facebook group uh, this week for our, our balloon launch. Probably going to be either Friday or Saturday morning. Uh, we'll get another one in the air. Hopefully this is going to stay up a long time. I, I really think this is going to go past the demons at 38. I think it's going to pass the demons. I really do. Well, it's after Halloween, so you're, you're yeah, good now. Yeah, yeah. Um, let's see. Any, any, hey, do we have any new people in the chat room? It looks like the chat room is starting to dwindle down. Anybody new with us tonight that hadn't been with us before? Uh, say hi. I see some calls here I don't recognize. Uh, KC5, KC5NK, I don't recognize that one. No, let's see. 
So after the show tonight, I will uh, trim off the music. I will post this on our audio podcast only, and uh, we'll also get it prepared for our shortwave. Uh, this show is also heard on the International Shortwave on fifty no on uh, seventy four ninety kilohertz WBCQ on Thursdays between four between five and seven p.m. Eastern Time, five to seven p.m. Eastern Time on Thursday. You're listening to the uh, uh, show. Okay, that's Steve. Steve from Dallas. Okay, Steve from Dallas, McKinney, Texas. PC five NK. All right, guys. So, uh, anybody got a last minute thing you want to talk about? Any subject? I have a question for Glenn when we uh, wrap up, though. Okay. All right. Well, I think we're going to go ahead and sign off. We're just a couple minutes early, but I'm getting ready for some popcorn or something. I'm getting hungry, man. And uh, today, this is Friday for me. You know, even though it's Tuesday night, this is my Friday because I usually uh, work, you know, Monday and Tuesday getting the show ready. Once the show is over with, Tomorrow is like Saturday for me, so I got a couple of days, uh, some free time here. Looking forward to it. Maybe some popcorn, some TV, man. You know, oh man. And then it starts. Is your off. generator already in or still back order? What is that? Your generator. Your oh, generator. my generator. Well, they're telling me it's supposed to be uh, uh, delivered between November second and the fifth, which is okay. today. And then one other part between the 5th and the 7th. And I keep saying saying to him, okay, are you sure that the transfer switches are ordered? You don't talk about that. I said, I've waited six months. I said, I don't want to find out that there's two parts that aren't ordered, and i got to wait six more months. Are the transfer switches in the order? And they, they just can't keep, they can't answer me for some reason. So they're not... Well, I don't know. I don't know. They come back with there's an auto switch, but the auto auto switch is a smart switch that basically uh, will hook to... I've got three air conditioning units here. It basically will balance the air conditioner if it needs to, turn one off or not run both of them at the same time. You know, it'll kind of do that. But it's a 22,000-watt generator. I, I hope it gets put in in the next couple of weeks. And they better have ordered that trans- those transfer switches. That's like ordering a car without the transmission. Yeah. It might crank, but it ain't going anywhere. Yeah. Hey, a uh, question for Colin. Um, what is the uh, vehicle in the background? What kind of communication trailer is that? Uh, volunteer Marine Rescue. Um, We've got a few rescue boats in their group, and I've got one of the radio bases at my house. Plus, yeah, that's one of our Coleman's vans, so it's got a VHF Marine, 27 Mag Marine, UHF CB, and half the time some of my ham radio stuff in it as well. Oh, pretty nice. I think I'm going to get rich. Why's that? I just looked on Amazon. This book is selling for $507.68. Is that right? Wow. How many are available? What? Uh, it's showing that it is available now. 
Are you sure that's not Lyra? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Are you, whoa, sh- whoa. Are you sure that's not Italian Lyra or something like that? No, that is Amazon.com. Well, that's even more in Australian dollars. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, well sign, sign whatever books you have left and put them up on eBay. More, more Arduino projects yeah. or Ham Radio, right? <laughs> Let me tell you, you gotta watch you gotta watch those though. They're they're tricky. Sometimes, you know, like a PlayStation box, they may have a PlayStation box on eBay. Yeah. And it says this is a box only, man. This is a box only, you know, and people will will pay four hundred dollars four hundred dollars for the box. Maybe just the cover, huh? <laughs> well, I, I, just... I I have I have a serious problem with eBay. Because they are selling the AWR license manuals that are three times, twice removed yeah. for $8.23. And people go and buy them. And then they go on on Facebook and say, hey, I bought this thing. And it's dated such and such. And I says, uh, on the front, what, lic- what, what license term does it have? Does it have... 2019 to 2022 oh no 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 this is something to 2018 i says well you got rooked i says send it back <laughs> pay the 24 29.95 and get the real thing <laughs> yeah but wait a minute wait, wait a minute i mean that, that still it should have useful information if you're studying it i mean has it, I, i'm not I'm it's not just, going to say that it doesn't have useful information. I mean, you know, it's the same But you stuff, turn to the back, and the question pool is not what you're expecting, and you come into a remote test session, and the question pool, you know, com- comes out of uh, out of the question, the current question pool, and you, you sit there and you look at something for almost ten minutes, and you say, "I don't know what the answer to that is." <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right, guys. Good night. I'm gonna go ahead and close the show down. Uh, Save me three to everybody out here. Thank you. That's best regard in Ham Radio Talk, and we'll see you next week on uh, Amateur Radio Roundtable. Please, uh, please join us next week. Tell your friends. Bring somebody. Thank you. Good night, everybody.